second episode of the pitch it's your host matt just talking all things baseball and soccer as we are in the off season for huddle up podcast so uh, an exciting weekend in the soccer world and in baseball as well as we we got spring training underway so i'm going to touch on a few things here not too much about the phillies just because it's very early in spring training so we're not seeing a whole lot but some coverage of baseball but more so in terms of what we saw out of soccer um so I'm going to start in terms of what I felt coming into in the terms of the teams that I support the the most important and the must win of the, the weekend. And that was West Ham United's match against Nottingham Forest. So obviously the union just kicking off uh, first game of the season isn't, I wouldn't say must win. Uh, my friend and uh, co-host of Huddle Up, EJ may disagree since he apparently places a lot of emphasis on early season games, but I, I do not. So going to turn my attention initially to that West Ham United game. So this was a, a must win match going into the, the match. West Ham was seated at 18th, which if you follow Prem League, know that that is, means you are relegated if all things ended the way they did. So a must win match, if ever for West Ham, especially against an opponent that I think a lot of people felt that they should be able to beat. You know, I, I've said it all season. I, I think West Ham is kind of better than their record indicates. I know they're playing a lot of different tournaments just based on past success. I think the roster they have is way too talented for them to fall short and be relegated out of Premier League. So uh, especially against a team like Nottingham Forest, who is having a, a nice season, not to take anything away from them. But I think that this was one that West Ham kind of circled by themselves. A lot of people saying if, if West Ham cannot get the win, uh, this weekend that that it was going to be indicative of what's to come with Moyes and, and what's going on with the team in general. So a 4-0 win over Nottingham Forest is exactly what was needed. So there has been some conversation since he he became a part of the roster. What What's going on with Danny Ings? Are we going to see him in the starting 11 at any point, or is he just going to remain the super sub for the team? And we finally saw him crack that starting 11. I know a lot of it was concern of a him getting acclimated to the roster itself and b some injury and, and health concerns from the past so wanting to make sure he was 100 and he certainly showed this weekend that he was 100 he gets two goals uh, and kind of shows the the reason west ham brought him in what what everyone was kind of hoping would be the case when when it was announced that he was going to be joining west ham was that he was going to be that spark and, and start bringing goals to the a club that desperately needed them, especially in Premier League play. And, and he certainly did that with two himself. Um, based on what, what else I saw in the in the match itself, uh, Ben Rana was great. Uh, he set up a lot of great finishes for, for the goal scorers in that game. And that's usually been kind of his motive is to, to get the ball on net, put it to where the, the finishers are going to be able to finish. And he certainly played that role as well. And you saw some contributions from Declan Rice, from uh, Michael Antonio, who each scored a goal as well. Um, really nice to see both of them get on the, the score sheet here. I think that on the last episode, I said how important it was that we see some contributions from, especially from your captain, Declan Rice, but as well as Antonio, who 
last season, I think, uh, um, kind of outpaced what what we were used to seeing. And this season, he hasn't been kind of matching what he was doing last year. So to see him get that goal was certainly promising, rewarding. Um, I've always been a big fan of his. So uh, to, to see that uh, come at the end, uh, granted, you know, the fourth goal wasn't one that was necessarily needed to get the victory, but I'll touch uh, more on that a little later. It's still nice to have that. So, um, you know, moving forward right now as the standing sit, West Ham is sitting in 16th. So they have climbed out of the relegation zone, but they're not out of the danger zone yet. Still in that bottom sixth. Um, so with them being at 16th, uh, a good back end of the schedule, but they need to keep firing. They need to keep winning these games that they're supposed to be winning. Um, if not winning games against the, the teams that are higher up in the standings, um, you know, I certainly think they can still compete with them. But uh, even if we are having the down season, we need to at least get some draws in those games as well. Um, but with the four goals uh, in the game against Nottingham, that that's certainly huge as if goal differential does come into play at the end of the season. Uh, I think that, you know, winning 4-0 is going to, to be a massive impact in terms of where their goal differential stands at the end, uh, especially if they have a few more hiccups to lose a couple more here. Uh, winning big certainly helps that currently they have the best goal differential of the bottom six clubs. So um, I think that, you know, winning the way they are winning when they do get these wins that are few and far between, they they are at least winning by multiple goals in most instances. And that's certainly been helpful for them when it comes to keeping that goal differential at a manageable spot that if it comes down to that, they can rely on that to, to kind of keep them out of the danger zone. So, Promising weekend from West Ham, promising weekend from not just Ings, but Declan, Antonio. Um, so, and of course, Fabianski was fantastic in that as well. So build off of that, please. Let's let's see what we can do next week. I know they have some other matches coming up outside of Premier League with the, the Europe Cup, uh, the FA Cup. So, um, you know, save some energy to spread that around a little bit. Now we'll turn our attention to the uh, MLS season kicking off this weekend. Uh, Philadelphia Union first match in Chester in front of a packed stadium. So high expectations for Jim Curtin's club entering the season. Coming off the loss in PKs for the championship, a lot of people have picked them to not just return to the championship game, but also win it this year. So uh, it's not like Philadelphia is going to be an underdog. Not that they were last year, but I think... In that matchup against L.A., it was kind of uh, the thought was that Philadelphia was not going to to be able to win that. And they certainly should have, uh, could have uh, just fell a little bit short with the, the late goal that they gave up um, to, to cause the equalizer and then losing in PK. So um, as was the case last season, the, the first game against the Columbus crew, it, it was a a slow start for the union. That's, that's kind of always been their story. They allow the opponents to dominate time of possession. And then they just try to look to, to make a scoring run on any miscues or capitalize off mistakes. And they certainly did that uh, a couple times in, in this uh, more so on the, the miscue side in their four, one win over the Columbus crew. Um, two goals were scored through penalty gas netted both of the PKs. And I, if you watch the game, you know that commentary was kind of questioning the calls and, and they were questionable. I will admit that, that there were some tough calls to make that I understand why they were made. You know, if the ball does hit the hand, the arm in, in a, a weird, awkward space, there's always like, so much you can do as a defender. But at the same time, you you want to make sure that, you know, you aren't having your hands up in that position where it's going to be coming a, an issue for them. So I understand 
why the calls were made, but they were tough nonetheless. Um, but those, those two PKs aside, um, two very excellent finishes by Carranza. One from a nice effort to regain possession from Jose Martinez, who is my favorite player on the team. Um, he, you know, he worked hard to regain the, the ball, set everything up, a great pass from Bedoya and, and a perfect finish by Carranza. And then the other one, we we saw some fancy footwork by Torres in his first appearance with the club, which was exciting as a union supporter to see, you know, what are the new members of the team going to do how are they going to contribute and Torres kind of showed what he can do right off the bat you know the the, the footwork the speed the the creativity is something that's new to the union I think that um that that's going to play a big role moving forward in terms of how he was able to set Carranza up for his second goal so four goals total uh two by Gazdag two by, by Carranza uh union went four one um all that being said, I did subscribe to MLS League Pass through Apple this season. So uh, first game on my end, no issues. So it's very user-friendly. It's nice that there's no blackouts. I was unable to watch a decent amount of union matches last season. So it's nice to know that this season I will not have that same issue. So the next thing we'll focus on is Club America. I talked about how they were hoping to keep their unbeaten streak going, uh, going up against Atlas uh, last Saturday. And they certainly did keep the streak in, in close or going. Uh, but this was a match that they should have won. They created more opportunities. They outshot Atlas. And, and all momentum was kind of theirs after Martin's finish in the first half. Um, but then a two-goal night from Lozano for Atlas had, had them walking away with the draw. So a disappointing finish. Um, Lozano scored his first in, in stoppage time in the first half. It looked like America was just trying to coast to the locker room, and, and you can't do that against a team that's hungry for some points uh, like Atlas is. So they opened the door for that club, killed all the momentum they had going into the locker room, and then Atlas gets the the, the equalizer in the second half on the second goal from Lozano and a much-needed point for themselves. So Right now, America sits uh, right outside the, the final series guarantee in fifth place, uh, where a win would have had them in second overall. Um, so we're halfway through the Klausura now. Match against Pachuca this weekend is going to be highly important uh, to, to what they are going to do in the finish. And finally, the She Believes Cup wrapped up last Wednesday, the 22nd, with the USA defeating Brazil uh, by a score of 2-1 to one to remain unbeaten in the cup, bring home their fourth straight She Believes Cup title. Um, so Mallory Swanson, who was the MVP for the, th the tournament, and Alex Morgan each scored the goals in a, in a fast-paced match. Uh, USA, you could see, um, and Brazil in the second half, uh, both teams just really wanted to come away with the victory here, and, and it was kind of a, a winner-take-all situation. So a fantastic effort, a, a late goal by Brazil um, took away the shutout opportunity, but but you could just tell they were they were going for everything in that second half. So kudos to them for, for getting the goal, making it a competitive finish uh, overall. Congrats to Alex Morgan, who scores her 121st career goal, 14th since becoming a mother, and uh, as well as to to Mallory Swanson, who has eight goals overall in the cup and, and um, is in first place in terms of points scored uh, by anyone in the She Believes Cup overall. Um, she just recently took that crown by herself. So congratulations to those ladies for a fantastic cup, uh, bringing home their fourth street. We'll see what momentum they can build off that as we go into to more international play later on in the year. 
And then for the baseball season, spring training is underway now. So I've only caught a handful of innings at this point, but I'm a fan of the, of some of the changes they've made. I, I like the pitcher and hitter clock. Uh, I think that it brings a new element of strategy into the game. So I'm looking forward to how that continues to to be adapted to as we go through spring training and then how it impacts the regular season as well. I'm also looking forward to how the other rule changes are, are going to impact. I uh, haven't seen it as much with some of it, um, but you know, that with the shift with infielders staying in the infield with the difference in the bases now, I'm sure as I watch more, I'll see in terms of how that has made an impact in terms of what they're looking for to bring to the game and everything like that. Um, but in terms of the Phillies itself, um, like I said, I didn't watch much of the games. I, I did make it a point to, to watch Trey Turner's first at bat. So very nice to see him get a first hit in his first at bat as a Philly. I'm very excited to see what that team can do here and, and who's going to make the roster when all is said and done. You know, I, I know there's some question marks around the rotation. Is Painter going to stay up and be part of the rotation early on? Uh, you know, what are we going to see? out of Nelson, you know, who's going to kind of take ownership of that final spot in the rotation. So I'm anxious to see what we do there. Cause right now we have a solid four uh, with, with Nola, with Wheeler, with Walker, um, and then with Ranger Suarez. So who's going to take that fifth spot? Are they going to keep six starters on and, and try to do like a, a longer rotation just to maybe uh, with the pitch clock, give, give their starters some, some extra time to, to rest and recover with the arms uh, having to throw a lot faster this year. We will see, um, but should be an interesting spring training for the Phillies overall, as they look to finalize that roster and, and see how they can compete in the first few months with Bryce progressing nicely, but obviously still going to be sidelined until um, probably this summer at the earliest. So that's it for me for episode two. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, anything that you would like me to cover in, in soccer or in baseball, feel free. If you are ever interested in joining me for one of these to discuss um, maybe a, a club you support that I don't follow as closely, I would always be welcome to, to additional input as well in that regard. But otherwise, Make sure you're still following the Huddle Up pages as well, just because we do put some bonus episodes in the offseason. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. Listen to the other shows that, that we have that, that Big Jim puts out. I know there's Five for Fighting with Mike. I know EJ has his And One podcast. And, and Jim does a, a weekly, like, five things that he summarizes as well. So make sure you're watching all the content put out by the rest of the crew right now kyle's doing some stuff with the xfl as well three-point conversion so make sure you're following that too just to to kind of get your coverage of xfl otherwise i will talk to you soon have a great week